8.46. Let's get up close on LGBT rights in South Korea. It is a topic that people often avoid here, isn't it, Professor Jung Hwang of Hanguk University of Foreign Studies Law School? Yeah, I mean, I think especially it was well illustrated during the uh, presidential campaign when I think it was a third or fourth presidential debate when the issue came up between now President Moon Jae-in and then uh, candidate Hong Jun-pyo and this issue came up and in, uh, actually when uh, then candidate Moon Jae-in said on air that she, he actually doesn't agree with uh, you know gay rights and so forth, he actually ended up uh, you know sort of apologizing for that the day after. But at the same time here in Korea, you know, there's a very large conservative voting bloc, especially Christian voting bloc, which are very, uh, you know, loud in terms of criticizing gay rights and LGBT rights. So it's a, it's an issue that is ongoing and it's an issue that is really tough to discuss publicly, at least in Korea. It is. We've come from a situation where some saw homosexuality as a Western thing or, or a foreign thing not something that happened in Korea. Maybe yeah. some people still feel that way. Yeah, I think that, that misconception is really out there just because that there's an oppressive social stigma against homosexuality doesn't mean it doesn't exist. But a lot of people kind of prefer to feel feel that, you know, hey, in Korea it doesn't exist. I mean, certainly that opinion, I would, I would say, was much more prevalent, say, 20, 30 years ago. Now, I guess people are a little more aware, especially there's a little more portrayal in the media and so forth. But I, I would say that that opinion is held by a significant minority here in Korea. I mean, speaking from a British perspective, I certainly don't want to get too high and mighty about this. It wasn't that long ago that uh, you could be uh, criminalized exactly. in the UK for you know, because homosexual Alan Turing, you know, just in there 1950s. You go. Exactly, yeah. So, um, you know, this has been a global problem. Let's, oh, not, let's not make any bones about it. And right now in Indonesia, you see people being caned for it. Exactly. I mean, this week, though, so three very different news coming from three different Asian countries. You know, as you said, in, in Indonesia on Tuesday, two people were caned 83 times, actually, publicly in the province of Aceh, which admittedly, even in Indonesia, is a very conservative uh, province that observes Islamic law. On the other hand, in Taiwan, on Wednesday, they actually legalized same-sex marriage, so, you know, which was kind of first in the Asian countries. And on the same day in Korea, we convicted a military, uh, the military tribunal, convicted a, a captain in the military for having, you know, uh, having engaged in a homosexual activity with it, another soldier. And, and the interesting thing about that is he is the one that was prosecuted, but, you know, it doesn't... Uh have a victim that crime yeah i mean it, it, it was it, two that, consenting adults but but what i mean is from a, a legal standpoint what he's actually convicted of um doesn't make sense to me looking on because th there's only one person who's been prosecuted there that's right yeah so yeah i mean it, it, the the particular military uh, criminal code that was in, in question it actually singles out anal sex as something that is that can be criminally prosecuted yeah, I, but the perpetrator of it exactly yeah I, really let's not go far down the rabbit hole of of details here and this is where probably i am showing my british identity which is regardless of the legal background certainly in my own upbringing it's just like you know let people's orientation be a uh, 
certainly not a public discussion, but we have to make it a public discussion if if the law is still criminalizing such activities, right? I mean, would, would you say that's the, the the view held by many people here as well? Yeah, I think the public consciousness has to be pushed along. Um, I mean, as we talked about how in Korea, we use, a lot of people used to think that homosexuality is the Western issue, which certainly is not a case. I mean, it's, biologically, it happens in all cultures and everywhere. And I think, you know, awareness does need to be picked up. I think, you know, basically we need to, those of us who actually stand for, I guess, individual rights over, you know, certainly some people like to make it into an issue of a sexual morass. If you put it in the context of individual rights, it's something that we need to, you know, push the public consciousness along. And there has been some, you know, progress being made. You know, Pew Research does this public service in every few years. In 2007, only about about 15% of Koreans kind of viewed homosexuality as something acceptable. In 2013, that figure doubles. Still, it's less than 50%. But you see some progress being made in Korea, albeit not enough fast enough for a lot of people, I understand. Right. Let's talk a bit more about the grounds for objection here. Mm-hmm. Um, you, Christian conservatism, uh, not just in this country, but uh, in the United States, oh, it's a very absolutely. strong sentiment too, but others too, you pointed out Islam in Indonesia. Yep. Uh, so religion is a factor. But before we get onto the religion side of it, which is probably something that a lot of our listeners are aware of, there's the Korean Confucian background that's sometimes pointed to. Is, is, there a, is that a, a strong basis though for opposing... <laughs> Um, even gay rights, the point of view of having a, a non-married relationship. So, you know, you, you can go to the Christian objection, you can go to Confucian objection, but for Confucian side, none of the classic Confucian texts ever deal with homosexuality, period. There's no reference, period. It's just kind of traditional attitude towards homosexuality where, you know, kind of majority kind of looked at the minority behavior and found it kind of, you know, not not, not to its liking and sort of made it into a moral issue. But you know, purely from the Confucian you know, canonical texts such as Analects and so forth, none of it ever mentions about the homosexuality. So you can't really go to a text and say that homosexuality is condemned under, you know, traditional Confucianism. But when we see um, gay rights marches here, often the protesters against the marches, mm-hmm. so the anti protest protests, protests yep. uh, they will be wearing traditional Korean clothing, they'll be wearing, true. playing yep. uh, Korean instruments. They'll be, in other words appealing not only to Christian texts, which also will be held up on on signs and so forth, but they'll be appealing to Korean culture. Yeah, exactly. A traditional attitude towards uh, homosexuality, which, you know, has never been very friendly towards homosexuality. Although, if you look at a lot of Korean historical texts, there are some veiled references to various homosexual uh, acts that have been committed in the past. Um... And it, it, there are some signs that, you know, probably the Joseon period was a little more harsher against homosexuality compared to a little older times such as Korea and Shilla because we do have some hints that, you know, some of the kings and royal family in the Korea and Shilla dynasties actually did engage in homosexuality. Yeah, a few popular movies have uh, exactly, portrayed yep. that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what next then? Uh, we, we actually have a Seoul mayor who's drawn some fire by suggesting... 
that that he's too. more open-minded on this issue than, than some others. And in fact, a conservative figure like Pan Ki-moon actually came under fire because as the UN Secretary of General, he actually pushed for equal rights for you know, gays. And you know, when that news came to uh, South Korea, his conservative supporters were a little bit perplexed. Like, how could Pan Ki-moon be uh, for homosexuality? But you know, as you know, UN has been very progressive yeah. about you know, gay rights around the world. Probably says more about the UN's position than it does maybe specifically about Pan Ki-moon. I don't exactly, know. That's yes. speculation. But Moon Jae-in is a, ostensibly a liberal leader, but he's uh, obviously shown himself not to be particularly in favour of of gay rights or pushing that agenda. And in fact, within the Democratic Party, it's it's a mixed bag, isn't it? In, it is. in this country, being liberal does not mean you're in favour of gay marriage, for no, example. No, it's not. And, you know, it's, uh, South Korea has a long way to go if you're thinking about LGBT rights and particularly, you know, the voting power of the conservative, conservative especially Christian uh, voters and how, how, how vocal they are. I mean, all you have to do is just kind of ride some subways, be on a, you know, you know the centre of city, city, you'll see a lot of anti-gay activists just walking around you know shouting on top of their voices or through loudspeakers so it is it's a sensitive topic and if you're a politician you don't want to be losing too many votes by raising that issue well I, I live in Itaewon so I don't know I, I see a different side of that of course I, 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 Itaewon, I, Itaewon, yeah. people don't just, seem to uh, mind uh, showing off of course all different sides of life there but uh what do you think needs to happen from a legal perspective, drawing on your background there? Do you, do you feel that we need to first push towards legalization in order to bring about cultural change, or can it happen the other way around? Um, I don't know if we're any closer, for example, towards uh, permitting gay marriage, but at least drawing these lines in the military, for example. I think social activism and legal activism actually have to go hand in hand. You know, I wouldn't mind seeing the Constitutional Court of Korea being a little more liberal, like Taiwanese model, because in the Taiwanese Constitutional Court, you know, specifically mentioned about, you know, personal freedom and equal protection and says that under those principles, hey, gay, gay marriage could be, yeah, it should be permitted. And I don't see why those legal principles do, do not apply in Korea. It's really a political social issue, but I think, you know, with the neoliberal administration, we could see some liberal shift of the constitutional court and maybe, you know, a few years down the road, who knows? Well, Moon Jae-in is Catholic. He just sent an envoy to the Vatican. The Catholic position is that uh, marriage is a sacrament, is mm -hmm. for a man and a woman, right. aimed at procreation uh, in part, but uh, by the same token, it certainly does not advocate discriminating or being hateful towards gay people, and I don't think there's any basis from a Christian perspective to start punishing army captains for example and exactly. that's a clue yeah it's a big difference um certainly what they're doing in indonesia that takes it to the other extreme exactly. we're out of time for now thank you for facing up to this issue professor jung huang of hanguk university of foreign studies law school up close today and that's our show please do join us monday 705 and stay with us here on tbs efm for careerscape with kurt asian next after your latest news headlines